mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you are new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. So first off, I think we have to talk about the clearly biggest news that came out today. Taylor Swift announced her eighth studio album is dropping tonight at midnight. Now, usually I like to think I can see stuff like this coming, but guys, I had no idea. I mean, first off, it's the 10-year reunion, not reunion, um, what's creation date of One Direction. So One Direction came into being 10 years ago today. And I think Taylor was aware of that and decided to release her album on their little day and take some of the glory away from them because Homegirl holds a grudge. And I think she's still a little bit mad that she doesn't still have Harry. I mean, she can talk about all she wants, about how in love she is with Joe Alwyn, but I don't know if I'm buying it. And I'm obviously so excited for it to come out. I think Midnight is so late. I don't know why every artist has to release at midnight. My friend Megan was talking about this. And I completely agree with her. It's just like, why can't you like let it out at 9 p.m. and we can listen to the whole thing and be in bed at a reasonable time? I mean, she has to realize by now that a lot of her fan base is in their 30s. Like, come on, girl. I, I just don't get why that's the norm. And again, I'm very excited for it. But I would be lying if I said I'm super excited about Jack Antonoff having his little hands all over this yet again. I told Elena if I have to hear one more song that sounds like Wild Heart, like I swear to God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just wish she would bring back Max Martin, her other little genius Swedish producers. No one slaps like a Swedish producer can. So instead, we're getting white boy Jack Antonoff. Um... I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm calling it now that there's going to be some wild heart bleachers ass shit on this album, which is great for bleachers, but it's not what I want from Taylor Swift. But again, this was such a legit surprise. And the fact that we talked about Lover less than a year ago, we talked about it back in August of 2019. So the turnaround on this was just insane. I almost feel like some of these songs were maybe ones that she was thinking about putting on Lover because I feel like she probably writes, and I think she said before that she writes so many songs and not all of them make the cut. Um, all that being said, you know this bitch right here already ordered the hard copy album. I paid $18 for it because of shipping. Because maybe I was reading it wrong, but I got the impression that if you wanted one of the hard copies, you had to buy it in her store. But now I think about it, it was probably just like, oh, the limited edition ones you had to buy from her online store. Because that girl likes to sell merch. She likes to make her money. She likes to get her numbers. So I'm sure it was just a scam. But I have every copy of every Taylor Swift album. And it's not like I can stop now, even though it's 2020 and who listens to hard copy albums anymore. Also, since this was a hot topic among my friends, I feel like it was talked about in every group text. Uh, My friend Abby pointed out a Vulture article that points out that Carly Kloss, a few hours after Taylor Swift made her announcement, posted several photos on Instagram of herself in a forest, including one of her standing surrounded by trees with her arms wrapped around one. Now, this is significant because of the promo pictures that Taylor Swift put on her uh, Instagram to say that this album was coming out. She's in the forest. It might have even both been the Redwood Forest. I'm not sure where the pictures Taylor's were. I'm pretty sure Carly's were the Redwood Forest. Um, 
I don't know if you guys are aware of this. I don't know if this is niche Taylor Swift knowledge or if it's kind of more mainstream at this point, but people love to theorize that Carly and Taylor had a little love entanglement, if you will, to borrow Jada's language. So a lot of people are very into this theory. They love to ship Kaylor, as it's called, K-A-Y-L-O-R, even though Carly is married to a Kushner bro and Taylor is obviously still with Joe. I don't know why this has become such like a fan desire that they were together. And as Kenzie pointed out, Carly is the only one that Taylor is in a little sweaty fight with in the Bad Blood video and then everyone made much ado about Taylor having the colors of the bi flag in the you need to calm down music video as her hair colors I think she did that on purpose to get people to read into it I don't think Taylor is bi I kind of highly doubt Taylor has ever kissed a girl maybe maybe just to say she did I don't I just I no, I'm not going to label her sexuality, but until Taylor comes out and says it, I am very skeptical. And I don't think her hair being that was a mission of being bi. I think it was in support of the community and to get people talking because she loves to do that. But another thing that people have pointed out is that one of the tracks on the upcoming album is called Betty. Now, Klaus's middle name is conveniently Elizabeth, but every girl's name, middle name is Elizabeth. I bet 80% of you listening to this right now, your middle name's Elizabeth. Or maybe your first name. I have a lot of Elizabeth friends. <sighs> I don't know, guys. The, another theory around the album that I really can get behind, and this is why I wanted to do this podcast Thursday before it came out, before the album dropped, because I wanted to get my predictions on the record. And then maybe I'll do a bonus episode discussing the album I wish Elena was here to do it with me. This time I actually have two mics. We could have had that audio sounding good, but alas. Um, I do believe the theory that there could be some sort of wedding or engagement announcement within the album, specifically in the song Lakes. But we'll have to see. I mean, it's literally just a few hours at this point. We're at like the five-hour countdown as I'm recording this. So I am very excited. Speaking of entanglements, August who, you know, had his little affair with Jada. We talked about it in the last two episodes. He just came out with a song called Entanglements. Like, how fast did they have to produce that damn song? She just did that Red Table Talk like a week and a half ago. So props to him on that. Like, that turnaround, man. Demi Lovato is engaged to this hot man named Max. I said when they started dating that I think he is so, so hot, and obviously she is gorgeous, so just a hot damn hot couple alert. Very happy for the both of them. Congratulations. Dave Franco is supposedly playing Vanilla Ice in a upcoming biopic. Dave is by far the superior Franco. If I have to name the one woman I am most jealous of, it is his wife, Allison Bree, just for being married to him. I, as far as I know, he's not nearly as problematic as James. And I feel very excited about this for multiple reasons, but largely because Vanilla Ice lives in Wellington, or at least has a house there and spends a lot of his time there. And Wellington is a town not that far from where I live. It's fact, it's where Kenzie works. So I just feel like maybe Dave will do a little, you know, tour to be down with the locals to get the vibe, even though. The biopic is probably of his younger years before he even moved to Wellington, but a girl can dream, okay? 
Next up might be my favorite topic of this week. Just wanted to touch on it shortly because this is beginning to be a podcast of me obsessing over Martha Stewart's Instagram content. But guys, this one is so damn good. So Martha posted a picture of her coming out of the pool and that bitch looks flawless. She is 78 years old. I mean, I want to get whatever facelift she got because it still looks so natural. Stunning. I mean, she, she's got it down pat. Money can buy you good looks. And then Chelsea recreated the photo. And I'm sorry, Chelsea, but like Martha Stewart like looks better than you already. Is that too harsh? Like, I mean, I'm all for supporting women, but I think Chelsea Handler's ripped down a lot of people in her time. And I just have to give it to Martha. Martha killed it. She did it first. Um, so, but Chelsea posted a lookalike photo and said, I'm here to take Martha Stewart's swimming lesson. If I look this good at 78, I better still have a pool to show myself often. This is where I just about died of happiness because this is how Martha Stewart 48 responded. It's important that it's Martha Stewart 48 because that is her personal account. And she says, at Chelsea Handler, dear Chelsea, I love how she puts the handle and dear Chelsea. (laughs) I'm so happy that you liked my post well enough to emulate it. I do think my pool is a little bit prettier than yours and that my facial expression is a little bit more relaxed. Nevertheless, you are a beautiful girl and fucking, all caps, too young to be emulating me. Continue with your comedy, your humor, and your amazing ability to gather around you political liberals. We need it. Love, Martha. Oh, guys, can we just dissect this for a moment? First, she shades her about her pool not being as pretty as Martha's. And then she says her facial expression is too tense and not as relaxed as Martha's. All true, like very, very true statements. Even though the pool is like completely fuzzed out, like clearly Chelsea took this in portrait mode, so you can barely even see the pool in the background. Then the use of fucking was like really coming on strong, all caps. Uh, But I mean, she does call her beautiful. (laughs) And then I also love the wording of your amazing ability to gather around you political liberals. I mean, that gives a little bit of a cult connotation. Like I imagine Scientologists out there with their pamphlets and like Chelsea's like gathering her liberals. Um, I don't, it's just a perfect comment. I if someone is managing Martha Stewart's account, if it's the gardener that we talked about and he's just laughing his fucking ass off while holding a hoe, the garden tool, not a young lady. Uh, I just, I, I love it. I live for it. I don't know what to say. Okay, moving on. Do you remember the doomsday preppers, the awful fuckwads who killed their children? <clears throat> well, they predicted that the world would end yesterday. And newsflash, it did not. We are still here recording episode 51 of Kinda Cute and talking about Martha Sort's uh, interesting Instagrams. Next up, Sanjita, my favorite cut writer who I continue to beg to be on this podcast. And it's gotten pretty desperate at this point. I've emailed her on two different accounts and I... Uh, <laughs> Then deluded myself into thinking that maybe she just hadn't seen those emails. So then I sent her a DM. Um, Yeah, so it's looking like a no, but I'm holding out hope that maybe she'll listen to an episode and just see how earnestly I really want her to be on it and how much I love her writing. So Sinjita, like me, has been wondering how Harry Styles has been spending his quarantine, and she wrote a delightful article about his new bushy-ass mustache. But what was most notable to me about this picture of him in Italy was the following, and she wrote, 
Anyway, I've been wondering what he's up to lately, and early Saturday morning there was finally an update. It came in the form of a photo of a Philly mustachioed Harry Styles in gold-tinted aviators and a striped tee floating around social media. In the images, Silas is holding a bottle of balsamic vinegar and a copy of Bread is Gold, Chef Massimo Batura's Zero Waste Cookbook, and is standing next to Chef Massimo himself, who I at first thought was Joaquin Phoenix. To unpack this, first off, I was expecting when I saw the headlines about Harry Styles having a mustache that it was going to be like one of those little prepubescent mustache that's really patchy and not filled in but it is full on porn star mustache it is a lot somehow he still looks good but I just remember when I heard that uh facial hair holds a lot of fecal matter in it as does the hair on her head I just couldn't get past that and it really sticks with me so hopefully he'll reevaluate that decision soon in case we come in contact casually and our faces happen to bump you know I'd rather not get fecal matter on me but really what is notable about this is that I think Joaquin Phoenix would be very offended <laughs> that Sanchita mixed him up with Massimo. I mean, Massimo is a silver fox. And if I had to pick one person, like one chef that I would love to meet and dine with, it would be him. I think he's so cool and just an incredible chef and groundbreaking kind of and his handling of Italian fare. But again, I think it's a little bit of an insult to Joaquin. So definitely Google that picture. Give me your thoughts. Next up, we have probably my most favorite article of this week next to talking about Martha Stewart. And it is Twitter's most infamous Stan account speaks by Sanjita. Of course, again, our girl. So the newest thing I've heard before we get into this article is that perhaps Banana is no more. I've been hearing some rumblings that they may have broken up. But we're just going to put that to a side right now. And, you know, Stan accounts in general, if you're not familiar, they are peak celebrity fandom teen girl love affairs with celebrities. It, it will always be called something like One Direction Updates. No shame. I follow a lot of them. Um, I do. I followed them more closely back in the day, like when I actually could go to concerts you know, because it's kind of helpful because you can see like, oh, what town are... Okay, I'm, I'm making myself sound like such a stalker. We're not going to get into it. But basically, most Stan accounts are completely unwavering in their love of celebrities. And even when the celebrity does something gross or wrong, either the Stan account just won't address that or they will defend them to the grave. And it becomes feverish and, again, cult-like and not healthy. So I really love what... Ana de Armas updates said to Sanjita in this article. So let's get into it. It says, Ana de Armas, Armas updates has fashioned itself into a new kind of the Stan account, one that balances a praise of the Cuban actress with subtle and humorous critique of her behavior amid COVID-19. Behavior that has occasionally been irresponsible, going outside for frequent walks in spite of a lockdown and foregoing a protective face covering when she does. The effect is that Ana de Armas's updates have become a sort of hybrid present on the internet, part fan account, part activist account, and part comedy account. For example, here's a caption that uh, the updates account had on one of their tweets. It says, Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck share a tender moment before he whispers into her ear that they forgot their face masks at home. <laughs> it's very tongue in cheek, you know. So earlier this week, Ana de Armas updates who describes himself as a recent college graduate working in the healthcare industry. 
So fascinating that she wrote themselves. So we don't know if this is a male, female, non-gender conforming person. And uh, she, Sanjita is what I'm saying. She explains that the updates account sort of got into this to track Anadharmus's star trajectory because this person thought that she was going to gain traction and they were a fan of hers and this was the path they decided to take. So infamously, Anna blocked this fan account and Sanjita asks them how they feel about it and they say, obviously disappointed. I strive to be her biggest cheerleader and when it happened, I felt empty. It was like, where do I go from here? I started this account so I could wholeheartedly support its namesake. I don't think I was doing anything wrong, just being tongue-in-cheek about how she had been handling things during these unprecedented times. I still maintain this approach because that's what comes naturally to me. It's my voice. However, she did have every right to block my fan account. She found what I said to be a nuisance, and I have to understand that. It was also a swift power move on her part, and I admire that. So I like that she's not just bitter that Anna blocked her, and she's like keeping her distance i think a lot of times these fans can be a little smothering and a little too up the celebs butt if you know what i mean so sanjita asks her why she took sort of a subversive approach to her stan account and doesn't just blindly everything that anna does and she says oh i'm sorry they say i know kenzie's correct me that i keep saying i guess i'm assuming that this fan account is run by a girl like i don't mean to be doing that because i think it's just as likely that this could be a man um I've never understood the concept of blind worship or sugarcoating in fandoms or the Stan Twitter community. If a celebrity or anyone for that matter is not acting appropriately, I believe one has to accept the consequences of being criticized by others. And then she says how she feels like Banana was 100% real and she likes them separately and as a couple. And they also pointed out that they would stop supporting Anna if she engaged in blatant bigotry such as racism, xenophobia, homophobia, or enabling any terrible behavior. So that was great, but this is my favorite, favorite comment of all. And maybe this is why part of me feels like this person is a girl. Because it says, I stand other actresses. Actresses are more interesting than actors. So I just need more info on this because obviously girl power, I 100% agree, but uh, I also find Harry Styles very interesting. But anyways, <laughs> I just think Audit Armas updates is wise as hell. I would love to have them on the pod. I don't know if they're willing to reveal their voice. Maybe I could put like a little chipmunk voice modulator on them. I don't know. Taking a sharp, sharp turn to our most depressing article of the week it is anti-feminist lawyer suspected in shooting of Judge Esther Salas's family by Hannah Gold and Bridget Reed. Now, this is such a heinous, horrible, disgusting ugh, crime, but I do think it's worth talking about since we do do some true crime stuff on here, and I wanted to tell you guys about it. On Sunday, a gunman shot and killed the son of a federal judge in Newark, New Jersey at the family's home and shot and injured her husband in the same attack. Now, I wanted to talk about this because the prime suspect is so fascinating to me. He actually, this the prime suspect committed suicide, so unfortunately, there really can't be justice and closure for Judge Salas and her husband who lost their son and the husband had to deal with being shot. Um, 
Well, let's get into what it says. According to the Daily Beast, Den Hollander was known for filing several men's rights related lawsuits. So Den Hollander is the suspect. He argued that ladies' nights at clubs and women's studies programs at universities were unconstitutional. On his personal website, he reportedly described himself as an anti-feminist. BuzzFeed reports that Hollander expanded prolifically upon his views in more than a 1,700-page autobiography uploaded to the Internet Archive on March 22nd. Oh, this blows my mind that people have these sort of views. Um, I think it's why it's important that every single person identifies themselves as a feminist because it's just believing that we should have equal rights and the fact that he's taking issue with women's spaces and ladies nights at clubs I'm sorry I've said it before we have to pay so much to have nails to have our hair done and anyone and makeup and you can say oh well you don't have to do that if you were like really a feminist you wouldn't do that but a for one I like it b it's more than that, though. It's There's pressure on us societally to present ourselves in a certain way to be considered professional. And we have a lot of built-in costs that are just more expensive to us. They don't have to buy tampons. They don't have to pay more for a razor. We get taxed on tampons. I mean, just don't even get me started. But again, this sort of line of reasoning, it just makes zero sense to me and is disgusting. Den Hollander's writings also indicate a consuming fixation on Judge Salas, whom he once called a lazy and incompetent Latina judge appointed by Obama, the New York Times reports. The Atlantic also reports that in one of his screeds, Den Hollander referred to Judge Salas as an affirmative action case advanced by those he believes wanted to convince Americans that white, especially white males, were barbarians and all those of a darker skin complexion were victims. Den Hollander filed a lawsuit that went before Salas's court in 2019, arguing that it was unconstitutional for women not to be subjected to the military draft as men are, one in the series of cases he put forth claiming sexism against men. Unlike with most of his similar cases however salas did not throw out the case which only appeared to anger din hollander more i think this goes to show all of the issues when you start thinking of nonsensical ideas like reverse racism or like that somehow white men are oppressed i mean again it, this is I'm just sighing and not forming sentences because it's hard for me to even get my mind around it makes me want to vom even reading his beliefs reading what he did he might be the biggest incel of all time I'd be very interested to have his internet searches searched and see if he was all up in the incel community and again it just blows my mind that people like this actually exist so I wanted to sandwich that in between a, another kind of lighthearted article. Mm, don't really know how to feel about it. It's called Have TikTok Witches Actually Hex the Moon by Claire Lampin. And y'all, I swear I am not trying to turn this into a TikTok podcast, but it really does produce some shit that feels right up my alley. Like I've always been into witchy shit and don't worry, I've never tried to actually cast a spell or anything, but you can bet your bottom dollar. I had one of those weird marble necklaces that was held by a claw and like a lot of fairy shit and little glitter in jars and like definitely believe that fairies were real. So I just feel like I had to full disclosure on that before we get into it. So it says, according to a rumor roiling the witchier corners of the internet, a group of baby witches recently took it upon themselves to hex the moon. First off, 
I, like yourself, I have no idea what the hell a baby witch is. Is that a witch that is under 18? Is that a witch that is under 350 years old? I tr- I don't know. Is it a witch that's just been tra- practicing for like a month and not a few years? Maybe we'll get into that next episode. <laughs> At least that's this allegation circling on witch talk, witch TikTok. That's apparently a thing that I haven't been shown on my For You page, so I really think TikTok needs to rethink its algorithm or maybe just listen to me talking right now and give me some more witch content. So other witches have warned of the herring divine backlash coming down the pipe. So according to Reddit, this group of baby witches also tried to hex the fae. And the fae are like the fair folk, the fairy people. They come from Celtic lore. I didn't really know that fae people exist among us, but I guess that's what these people think. And a hex or a curse is a negative spell intended to do something or someone harm. And what a witch can do is strongly dis demonstrate their disrespect to the deities who control the moon basically if these beginner witches did in fact try to hex the moon then they have committed an offense against witchcraft and against nature and they should expect the gods to smite them okay so beginner witches so a baby witch must mean they don't have a lot of training um I think I can say without a doubt this is the strangest article I've ever covered on this podcast I'm kind of confused about why the cut published this um it also discusses the retribution that the baby witches might face and some say they might face demonic retribution so (laughs) someone who goes by the name of that one blunt witch (laughs) says that the demonic legion encompassing by her count three thousand to six thousand roughly Uh, could come after them. And then she said, if you had nothing to do with this, you have nothing to worry about. But if you did, you're fucked. (laughs) Damn, like I am scared. You know what was my favorite Scooby-Doo was like the witch one where they, was it called Witch Island? No, it was um, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Curse. Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Curse. Is the Hex, are you talking about the Hex Girls? Yeah, the Hex Girls. Oh, they were so good. They were like a girl band, but they were witches. And they were, Honestly, that was one of the best animated movies. Like, Disney could never. Please go. I'm going to go see if that's on Netflix. Like, that movie is fire. I don't know. Again, I don't really know why I included that article, guys. Um, I'm scared. I've never used a Ouija board. I The most I've ever got done is, like, have my tarot cards read because I am a little suspicious about opening things to the spiritual realm. So these people are whack for trying to hex the moon. Um, the moon's doing just fine. I don't think it needs to be bothered. This article did not explain to me why they were trying to hex the moon. I still don't know. Oh, guys, that mm, this episode was something. Again, you know, I think I was just coming off the high of last week's 50th episode. This one was just <laughs> a little bit of a hot mess. But let's get into legit shit. First up. The Outdoor Voices Exercise Dress. I have never ordered something from Outdoor Voices. This is the only thing I own from them. And it's a very strange material. The inside is kind of like bathing suitish material. But then the outside is kind of crinkly almost. But it doesn't crinkle or wrinkle. I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's some synthetic ass fake material. But 
this dress is so comfortable and it has like built in bike shorts. So you just feel like you can do anything in this dress. Like I feel like I'm a superhero. All of a sudden I'd be wanting to do like Black Widow stunts in these, these, this dress. I was going to say these shorts, but it's a dress with built in shorts. I mean, skirts are genius. They have skirts too. This is just a, basically a skirt with the top on it. It gives you very country club chic vibes which I didn't really think was my look, uh, but I'm kind of leaning into the soccer mom look lately. Like, maybe it works for me. I don't know. On a completely unrelated note, my other legit shit for this week is raisinets. I know this is polarizing because a lot of people hate raisins, but I wanted to remind anyone in case you've forgotten how good they are, and I've just been on a movie theater candy kick lately. I've just been craving it so much, and I think it's because I miss going to the movies even though a lot of times I wouldn't even buy candy but you sure as hell can bet I got that coca-cola mixed whatever that thing is where you can do all the different options you can get like sugar-free cherry syrup and you can put a little vanilla in and you can even get like Powerade if you want oh I miss that shit so those are my legit shits for the week and I will see you next week for episode 52 let's discuss Taylor Swift slide into the DMs as usual you can find me at Bailey Evan and at kind of cute podcast and as usual I would love if you left a five-star review a written review and subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts and maybe if this is the only episode you've listened to give another episode a chance um <laughs> I swear some are better than others all right thank you and see you next week bye